Hi, I'm Dr. Chris Lee, and welcome to the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast. This show is completely dedicated to helping you remember the infinite potential that is quietly resting within your brain and nervous system. On this show, we go over the stories, strategies, and tips that the world's most successful, purpose-driven companies and people use to live an inspired life. Without further ado, let's jump right in. What is going on, friends? Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast. Today, we have, huh, it's delicate to say a new friend of mine because we're in the midst of a quarantine right now, and I put a survey out there to all of my followers about should I grow my hair out or should I keep it short, and she put out that it should be a mullet, and it caught <laughs> on. But now we're here, and we're going to talk about Julia, welcome to the show I'm hesitant to have you. I'm not going to lie because of the <laughs> sassiness, but you know, I have a feeling exactly what we were talking about before the show. We're in the midst of like this huge thing that we've never experienced before. Um, and I think your perspective is going to be really incredible. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, you asked one or the other. And so I gave you the both option, you know, you get the best of both worlds. <laughs> Whatever. Um, So my name's Julia. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach and I live in Denver. Um, I recently started my business um, back in last last February. So it's been a little bit over a year. Um, I've had so many different jobs and I never really thought that I would be an eating disorder recovery coach. And if you told me that I would be my own boss, I probably would have laughed and (laughs) wouldn't have thought about it for more than two seconds. Um, But I'm my own boss right now and it's been so awesome. And I work with so many women that are just trying to find a healthy relationship with their bodies, food, and fitness. And it just, it, it fills me up so much because I just want to be able to give back to kind of what I got with my own recovery. So that's where I am now. Beautiful. And you're just radiating happiness and, and attitude. So we're excited to have you on today. But um, let's go a little bit into your story because I, I can't imagine that what I've seen in the content that I've had, you know, the pleasure of going into and, you know, totally going back and sifting through some of your old content. Um, you have quite an interesting story. Do you mind diving into that of how this job kind of came about and how it naturally fell into your lap, but also your process with this as well? Yeah. So I've always really been interested in mental health. My mom's a pediatrician, but she um, does a lot of work with suicide prevention and we just always talked about our feelings. I'm such a feeler. Um, and we've had a lot of eating disorders in my family. A lot of the women in my family had eating disorders and I struggled with my own. Um, it started when I was about 13 or 14. Um, I, I'm very much shaped like my mother, short and curvy. And my sister's like 5'11", blonde hair, blue eyes, very Polish. And she was getting so much attention at school. And then when I came into school, I started to get bullied about my weight. I got called potential because I had potential to look like my sister. Um, And just like fucked up shit like that. Um, And I started to just internalize all of that and kind of realize that the the women that I was seeing in the media just did not portray my body at all. And I felt like my body was wrong and I needed to do something about it. And that all of the validation I was seeking was external. And I just, I felt like that's what I needed to fill me up. And I, I was so good about like hiding behind my humor. I'm a very goofy person. I'm very playful. And that's just kind of, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how my 
my eating disorder thrived for so long is because I thrive in isolation and I, and, and secrecy, and I was so good about hiding it, but I ended up developing bulimia and, um, then kind of got into this restricting and binging cycle and kind of it moved into orthorexia where I was obsessively working out and tracking everything I ate and, you know, tracking it down to like a Tic Tac and a piece of gum and just so obsessive with how I looked and was constantly seeking outward validation and sleeping with men that like did not respect my body. I have like some sexual trauma and just, just like so much shit happened. And I just realized at the age of 24, I kind of before this had this idea of like, this is just my shit. I'm just going to have body image issues. I'm just going to have like an issue with my eating. Like this is just my life. And I, then I was like, well, that's kind of a fucked up narrative. I'm telling myself like, what the hell? And so I was a teacher at the time when I realized I was a second grade teacher. I realized like some of my seven-year-old like girl students were complaining about being fat. And I was just like, holy fucking shit. Like this starts when you're so young And the only way to stop this is to like heal yourself so you don't pass it on to your children. And I, (laughs) yeah. And I was just like, I, I'm so excited to be a mother in the future. And I, some of my mother's insecurities were passed down to me and for us to stop because it's a psychosocial disorder. So for us to kind of stop it, like I have to heal myself. So I, so my, my children can be healthy and they can love themselves. And so I, at 24, decided to seek recovery and go to a therapist. And for two, three years, I worked with her and a registered dietitian and kind of overcame all the shit that I was kind of stuffing down and numbing. And um, I can say that I've been fully recovered for probably like five years now. Um, and then I just realized like, thank you. I just realized how much I like loved this space. And realized I just, you know, the content I was putting out there, people were really liking it and wanting to see more of it. And I was like, how can I make this a job? Because I was nannying at the time and I just felt, I just wasn't excited about it. And I really wanted to like be in this mental health space. And so I figured out how the fuck I could be a recovery coach and I did it. And so here we are. Beautiful. Well, there's nothing that I want to go into in that entire story. So I guess we'll talk about gummy bears. That's extraordinary. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, what a beautiful story. And thank you for just being vulnerable and sharing so much of that. Um, Because I I find parallels in the way that young men and young women um, have some of these thinking patterns that come up. And then the ways that we cope with them, you know, uh, are, are totally different, right? And then when we kind of like suppress, but the thing that really hit home with me, and then I know is going to hit home with our audience, um, type A driven entrepreneur, like strong mindset, like, you know, the Taurus and the Leo, like those type of people isolate themselves so much. Mm-hmm. And I remember you talking about that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like we thrive in that isolation, but the healing for me has really come from getting outside perspective to kind of help me through that. Like, and that's what you do now is help people with that. Like, how do you start getting people that perspective? Because there's a way that's so honoring about the way that you share your story. And I imagine that's why so many people are so able to connect with you is that because you're, you're so honoring to them and you're not shaming or saying this is right, or this is bad. I, I could hear it in the way you tell your story. Tell us a little bit about the process behind that. Yeah. And you know, you said like you kind of thrive with having an outside perspective. And that was for me too. Like I, 
I, I wrote a blog post about my eating disorder and my mom read it and she called me and was like, wait, what the fuck you had an eating disorder? Like my mom had no idea. And I, I just realized that me sharing my story via Instagram was like a huge healing process for me and whatever that looks like for whoever, maybe it's telling a family member, maybe it's telling your partner. Um, but but reaching out for that support and like having that vulnerability. I mean, like Brene Brown is like queen to me. I'm obsessed with her. And she just talks about, you know, like to have this deep connection with yourself and with other people, you have to be vulnerable and talk about the deep and dark and meshy shit that people don't necessarily want to say like, Hey, this is my shit. I had an eating disorder. I've been raped or I was abused or whatever it is. But you know, everybody comes with baggage and to find people that you want to unpack your baggage together is, is just such a beautiful thing. And I, at, once I started kind of sharing my story and talking with my clients, like the connections that you make with people are just on a different level. And I was just like, oh my God, this is what connection is. Like, this is what living is. Like, I'm such a a people person and I'm, I'm such like a quality time and physical touch type of person, the bonds I created, not only with myself, but with other people, just like through sharing my story and other people sharing theirs was just, I was like, this is like the life that I want to be in. Yeah. That's, uh, I love Brene's, uh, her ability to like verbalize claiming your own shit. I love it because that's, that's something mm -hmm. that, um, especially as a dude, we're like, nah strong I'm yeah fine. thank you and it's the same thing that i think it is for women is except it's like i'm not strong it's everything's okay mm -hmm. and then Always. we, we yeah. put the smile on and I, I can't speak for that in terms of womanhood at all right like i that's can't do that but what i do have is this little lady that's peeking through the curtains over <laughs> I know, here I saw it. so cute <laughs> who's my daughter and she's two and a half now and you're talking about the second graders that kind of have some of these things um those are the the traumas uh that you said you know they're transgenerational we pass them down and that's the thing that i'm getting say hello we have a brief intermission so where we're gonna have uh, a <laughs> <laughs> going to be talking. I would be Phoenix, my daughter, to everyone listening, and I absolutely will not cut this out because this is the life of it. But it's it's things like this where you have to heal yourself before you can start mm -hmm. healing other people. Like, yeah, and you've done the work. Where where did that process start for you? Like claiming it and saying this is where I am, and then making sure that there's like none of that judgment um, that's going to shame yourself into it, but just really making strategic plans forward. Can you paint the picture for us a little bit on how you did that for yourself? Yeah. Well, to be honest, I was in like such denial for a long time because I think our society just kind of glamorizes eating disorders where it's like, oh, it's just diet culture. Oh, it's a lifestyle. And it's like, no, if you're obsessively thinking about food and body checking in the mirror on a consistent basis, like that's, that's disordered. And we're, I think as, especially women, we're just kind of used to to ridiculing our bodies and picking it apart and going on these like ridiculous diets. And I remember sitting in my therapist's office for the first time, Amy, I'm like so grateful to her, but I had like filled out this form, you know, my intake paperwork. And I was just like, Oh, you know, I have some body image issues, you know, like talking about that. And we were just reading through it all. And she's like, no, you're definitely still in your eating disorder. Cause I thought, Oh, because I'm not throwing up. Um, I I'm okay. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm following the diet. And she's like, no, you're still very much in your eating disorder. It's just kind of morphed into something else. And so first of all, I had to claim that I had an eating disorder. I had to be like, yes, I have an eating disorder. And this is something that 
I need to work through, I need to become aware of, and then really just diving into why I had my eating disorder and finding some actual gratitude for it um, and some compassion because I had my eating disorder for a reason. It was to protect me in some type of way. And I had to not be angry about it because I was so frustrated that I had an eating disorder and that wasn't going to help me kind of heal through that. I had to realize that I, it was my best way of coping that I knew how. And I then had to learn new healthy coping strategies. And I had to learn how to be an observer to my thoughts, not be my thoughts. And just kind of unpack all of the shit that I had like suppressed for so long. And once that kind of came out, the food and the body image and everything just kind of, it was a compounding effect. And it was like, oh, I really, it's, it's really not the food. It's really, I just, I want to ignore the other shit in my life. And I want to focus on the food because that feels more comfortable, even though it's unhealthy it just felt like a safe space for me. I felt like I had some sense of control and I had to realize like I'm actually in control of my life. And this eating disorder that I thought gave me control completely stripped it away for me because I was just like bowing down to like this disturbing voice in my head on a regular basis instead of like sitting back and observing this thought and being like, that's a fucked up thought. Like that's unhelpful. Gosh. And the thing that I really want to go back to that you just crushed is validating that what you've been doing and the way you've been doing it is perfect and that you're like at the space that you are. And then you were talking about like being angry about it, but then finding the gratitude in it. Like that's been one of the most powerful and transformational like things or strategies that I give all of my clients. Doesn't matter who I'm working with find gratitude every single day. Like I, I call it mental immunity because you're going to have to and defend yourself against all the bullshit that's out there. Cause there is a plethora of everybody that wants to shoot you back to your old patterns and your broken way mm -hmm. of thinking. And then you're seeking that external validation again. Like how do you start to cultivate that self love within that everything is perfect and that you are whole and you are worthy and you are enough? Because I, I feel um, if you know Marissa Peer, if you've heard of her before, mm -hmm. she talks about the I am not enough disease that's spreading through humanity and that how we cure it is with the I am enough statement. What do you think about my that? My tattoo that I just got. <laughs> Stop. Me and my mom just got, yeah, me and my mom got matching tattoos over Christmas. Um, and that was like the hardest thing for me was I was just such a seeker of external validation just over and over and over. And, you know, it feels good in the moment, like having a one night stand, you're like, oh, this is great. And then in the morning, you're like, oh, please, please, like get an Uber. And then you're like, okay, like I feel a little empty from these. And it's just like, I had to realize that, like you said, the old way of what I was doing just wasn't working. And I had to do the uncomfortable work. I so hated sitting in these uncomfortable emotions. And I had to learn that there are no bad emotions. And I kept thinking, like, I have to be happy all the time. I have to be happy. I'm chasing happy. And it actually made me more depressed. And I love the book, The Happiness Trap, because it kind of talks about how chasing this happy makes us a more depressed society because we don't understand that being human, we have a range of emotions and they're not bad emotions. There's just uncomfortable and comfortable emotions. Like no one wants to feel sad and depressed and frustrated. However, welcome to the human experience. You just have to, you have to embody those things. And so really acknowledging that like my feelings weren't going to hurt me and kind of sitting in the discomfort and realizing like, okay, if I can fill myself up, if I can validate myself with all of this self-care that I was doing, all of this healing, like I felt so empowered and I felt 
you know, like, I, and I, I came to this realization, I'm an, an Enneagram too. So I'm such a helper. I'm like a giver of like love because I want to receive love. And I had to realize that all of the love that I was giving, it was, I was doing it from like an empty bucket. And I, I wanted to be able to give love. So I had to fill my bucket up. So then when I gave love, I didn't feel empty and I didn't feel resentful. That was one thing I realized I would, I had so much resentment. And when I started to do all these like self-care acts and really take care of myself and show up for myself on a regular basis, it really started to fill myself up and realize like, oh, now if someone joins me in my life, like a partner, it's only adding to my life. It's not my life. It's not my everything. And then like, I just didn't find enjoyment in like the half-assed hookups and like spending time with people that like, I just really wasn't connecting with just because I wanted connection. Um, and I realized like, I, I spent a lot of time by myself and I live by myself now. I'll be moving in with my boyfriend soon, but I, I just loved learning how to be by myself and to like enjoy and have fun with myself and yeah, I just, I, I came to this realization, like I'm fucking enough, no matter what kind of happens and anybody else that kind of joins my life. I, it's just an addition. It's just like, it's a bonus. That's, oh, that's such a beautiful point. And this happens overnight, right? It's just like, oh, ta-da, you're there. Like, <laughs> that's what like makes me sick about that. And it's, for me, it's the extrinsic motivation that we get from the like outside sources that we're trying to validate our stuff instead of like doing like what I call the work every day where it's like the I am statements in the shower and you know whatever it may be and sitting down with the journal and connecting and doing this work and connecting with the tiny one and yelling and all that kind of stuff like the human experience is not meant to be just like kittens and rainbows all the time sometimes no. you're gonna have to go into the valley but that for me has been where these deep spiritual lessons start to come in where, okay, I got nothing left but me and to validate mm -hmm. myself. And then the wounds that I have that I haven't healed, I start to recognize them in tiny back here. And I'm like, all right, time to get the shovel and the scuba gear. We're going deep again. Yeah. And that's where the party has started for me, at least. And I hear so much of that for you. Can you tell us a little bit about like your daily practices and some of the things that you do uh, to kind of keep your, you know, focus where you want it to go. Yeah. And that was something that I had a really hard time doing was holding myself accountable and doing those things. I was always like going to my therapist or going to my friend or my mom being like, what should I do? What should I do? And I finally had to realize like, it didn't matter what they told me to do. I had to be the one to tell myself to do it and actually hold myself accountable and doing those things. And that's what I work with a lot of my clients on is that they're always looking for permission to do something and like permission to eat, permission to move, permission to recover. And it's like, you have to finally validate yourself and give yourself permission to do those things. And so I had to like, just like grit my teeth and bear it and be like, oh, I have to have a fucking morning routine as much as I like just wanted to wake up and whatever. Um, having a morning routine is like the biggest thing for me. I'm a big, like slow mornings type of person. I burn out really easily. I used to work 12 hour days as a nanny for three kids. And I just was constantly go, go, go. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to become my own boss is because I wanted to find enjoyment in the slow mornings again. Cause I love, I love mornings so much. And so I always start my morning with like playing a soothing playlist and listening to like Ziggy Alberts or Trevor Hall or something like that. Something that's just like super soothing. Always make like a cup of coffee or like some tea and I either like meditate or I journal. I'm a big insight timer person. I love just like some of their 10 minute 
meditations and stuff like that, or I journal and just kind of brain dump kind of what I'm, what I'm feeling or like kind of what came up for me the day before. Um, and always having some type of gentle movement. So whether that be like stretching or yoga or going for a walk or just going and sitting at the park, like nature is such a big healing thing for me. And anytime I feel kind of heavy, I know that I need to get outside, um, but really holding myself accountable and doing those things. And also knowing that like I'm human and I'll probably fall off my routine and that's okay. Um, but I have to be the one to tell myself to get back on it. So I can't have my boyfriend or I can't have my therapist be like, Oh, well you need to do this morning routine. Well, I already fucking know that. Am I actually doing it? So <laughs> I, have to, I have to do the things. Yeah, you actually at some point, and I, I think that's a huge point for so many of us, or I mean, I can only speak for myself here, is giving myself permission, one, to feel the feels that are going to come through, because I'm a human, right? I have a heart, and it's going to experience the emotions, good and bad, but then for me, a lot of it recently has come down to knowing there's something bigger than myself, and trusting in, you know, whether you want to call it universe or dharma or, you know, whatever it has been, when it comes down to like breakneck things and it's like, oh, this is just hard. And then it's like, what am I choosing to believe in this moment? Is it that the universe yeah. is like benevolent and it wants the best thing for me and that, you know, right now I am just a wave that's forgotten. It's a part of the ocean or are things going to get good? Like, is it good? Like, yeah. what are my beliefs telling me about this? Cause that's future like projection for me. And like, there's all the neuroscience that goes behind that with like, you know, the mm -hmm. psychology and all of that, but that's been a game changer. And it is the easiest and the hardest thing to do is to give yourself permission to be you. Like, yeah. Yeah. My, my grandma said this thing and I love it. And I've always just taken this through my recovery, through my life of things have a way of working out. And I just, I, I would always sit in this like, well, what if situation I must, I am a super anxious person. And I always had to tell myself like things have always worked out for me. Like I have to trust that the universe has my back as cliche as that sounds like things really have worked out in, in the best way possible. And, you know, I always get asked the question, would you ever go back and, and take away your eating disorder or take away the sexual traumas that you had? And, and while, yeah, I mean, there are some experiences that were like so traumatizing and so awful, but like. I, I wouldn't have been at the place that I am now if I didn't have the struggles and I had to use like my hurts and let it like soften me versus like let it harden me and learn to like, how can I use my like trauma to like heal other people? And yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's, that's my chance. No, that's perfect. Cause I, 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 I will take the torch for a second. So inside of like my tribe and inside of my group, um, there's something we call anti-fragile. And what it really means is the more stress you get, the stronger you become. And I've loved mm -hmm. it ever since I read it. And there's a really fantastic book by an author that I can't remember the name of at the moment, but you know, put it out there in the universe, go read that book. Um, but what it talks about so much is that when you are able to become a self-reflective mirror, nothing can hurt you because everything's mm. happening for you. It might not be in this exact moment and it might take some introspective work to really say, okay, this sucks. I claim the suckiness of this. And what is the universe like telling me right now about my life? And how am I going to choose to respond, not react yes. and make a nice conscious choice to build a reality that is friendly and that I choose to participate in? Oh my gosh. I love that. I, I was such a reactive type of person and I used to just like be so emotionally driven and I had to like take a step back, ground myself and like realize like how, 
how do I want to react in this situation? Do I want to be proactive? Do I want to be emotionally driven? Do I want to act rational? Um, and yeah, that was just like a big thing for me was like kind of taking a step back and being like, how, how do I want this tape to play out? Because I, it was, I was always just like, just being rolled over by emotions. And I felt like I couldn't like catch my breath. And, and I was putting myself in situations or in arguments where I just didn't feel good at the end of them and had to like, just slow it down a little bit. I think it's so much of a mental game now because we are, we have caveman brain and we are being so stimulated by everything, right? Like that's why I literally mm -hmm. the outdoor office for me is like, all right, there's the water, there's the ducks and it just, okay, like slow the heck down. Like we always have a foot on the gas and then simultaneously we need that foot to hit the brake, but sometimes we try to do both and then we're just sitting there lighting our tires yep. up and it's like, I don't understand why I'm burnt out. I just can't make sense of it. You know, I'm slowing down, but then I'm getting work done. And it's like, what do you think about balance? I mean, that's the biggest thing that like I had to do with, with my eating is I was either like one of the spectrum. I was like, I'm my cognitive distortion that I had was like this all or nothing thinking. And it was either I'm all in or I'm all out. I'm either restricting or I'm binging. And the way eating disorders are really interesting is they kind of mimic other relationships in your life. So I was binging. Well, I was also binging men and I was binging like work and just kind of all over the place with like jobs. And, and so I had to realize that like, it doesn't have to be so black and white. And there is this gray space that you can live with. And that is completely happy and, and just like soothing and calm and, I kind of talk about this with my clients is, you know, there's this idea of body positivity, which I think is such a beautiful movement. However, we got to a place of, of hating our bodies because we hyper-focus so much on them. And I, I love this uh, space called body neutrality, where it's like, you just acknowledge your body, your body, it, it is what it is, but there's so much outside of your body. That's also important. And it removes kind of the focus on your body. And so I just, I always kind of focus on this like gray space, whether it's like, being body neutral, whether it's with food, whether it's with like kind of work and play. Um, I'm a big like play type of person. So I struggle a little bit more with like the work ethic stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely just like, as long as I get my work done, then I'm allowed to play. And I just, I, I know for myself, I'm such a person that can burn out really easily. And I want there to be longevity with my career. And I want to be able to continue to do this. And we live in such a hustle culture where it's like, we have to grind, we have to work so hard, like we have to work hours and hours and hours. And then it's like, and then you get there, then what? Like, isn't kind of the fun part, like the process of getting to like having these wonderful things or growing your business. Like I love the small moments and the gray space in between. Yeah. And it's, it's like you said, it's so easy in this grind hustle. So many of us get like projected and we judge ourselves based on what we see in social media is like, so dangerous for that that's why i always tell people you know like go through and detoxify things that just don't make you feel good like go through your list and just like oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and just unfollow those people like drop your followers yes. down to like 400 or something like that or just totally clear them all out and go through and find the things that you know are going to feed you yep and it's not people that are like crushing it like gary vanderchuk is a good dude i have no doubt about that and i'm sure he's helping a ton of people but like the amount of content and hustle that he puts out there i know for me gives me anxiety right i'm like yep. 
I yep. need I need to perform to that level, but I'm not Gary, right? And I like his his lifestyle is not something that I want. So like again, back to the whole permission thing, are you giving yourself the permission to ask what it is you deserve? Like what is mm-hmm. it? Like what kind of lifestyle? And if it's like working two hours a day, great. Figure out how to be so good that they can't yep. ignore you and you work two hours a day, right? And like getting down yeah. into that space. And the same thing goes for like body image, right? Like what kind of like life are you good with? Like what do you deserve to see yourself as? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I was actually talking with my boyfriend about that last night of like, what do we want our lives to look like in five years? And I really just, I want to be a mom and I want to be able to spend time with my children and I want to be able to enjoy my relationships and, and not just have my face in a computer screen all day. And I have to know that when I get onto Instagram, the stuff that triggers me, I have to be the one that's in control of muting it or unfollowing that because I have so many clients who are like, well, I get on Instagram and I'm so triggered and I hate this and I hate that. And it's like, well, what have you done to clean that out? Like that's on you and you have to take the accountability of going through and muting and realizing this shit triggers me because I don't want that. Or, you know, and asking yourself, like, what do I really want? Like, what are my core values? What do I want my life to look like? And how am I going to do that? And then fuck the rest of the noise that that's kind of surrounding you. Yeah. Yeah. And man, for me, the, the vulnerability to really like, claim like I am here don't want to be here not to say it's bad it's been perfect to get me to this point but now it's time to like recalibrate and it's time to go like there's more for me out there and I can feel it I can feel it in my jellies right like there's there's more for me out there and then going out and not like needing permission from anybody else but you to go claim which is truly yours and then enjoying the journey, the shit journey that it's going to be, right? And it's like, oh, it's going to be hard. But if it's going to be hard, like I truly believe in like some of these universal laws, like in one of them, the law of polarity, right? It's going to be so hard and so challenging, but you have to know that if it's going to be that hard, it's also going to be that extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And it might not be right now, but things aren't binary. It's not one plus one equals two. It's like, you know, cat plus blue orange equals extraordinary life, right? Like we are multidimensional, yeah. nonlinear beings trying to do this weird thing. Stop trying to do one plus one equals two. Yes. I always tried to avoid in situations that were going to like hurt me or reject me. And I just, I, I was so fearful of rejection because it stings. It sucks. Like nobody likes it. And I had to realize like all these brands or all of these opportunities that were re- rejecting me, it was just like a redirection to like something else that was going to be better. And the amount of times that I was rejected, just the resilience I have, I'm like, I can fucking handle anything. I'm like, I've, I've been hurt so many times, whether it's with men or, you know, friendships or, you know, job opportunities. And I'm like, okay, like, I I know that at least at the end of this, I'm going to come out a little bit stronger. I'm going to have more resilience and just trying to remind myself of that and not being so stuck in like, I just like this self kind of loathing behavior. Yeah. And that's a big piece of the puzzle or it's, it's been again, a big piece of the puzzle for me recently is like, this is growing me, right? Like this is strengthening me. And it's not like this is happening and I'm getting weaker. It's like, cool. Like I didn't know that these biceps haven't been worked out in like 90 days. And now it's like, 
cool. Like, let's get after yeah. it. And do some spiritual reps of like, I'm not worthy. And you got to like, no, I am worthy. I am. And, and validate yourself. Yeah. You start going external. It's like, all right, you're going to have to constantly go to the gas station and get filled up when oh my God, realistically yeah. you are the oil well. You are infinite. You are powerful. And just doing the dirty, dirty to catch your thoughts in the process and say, no, no, no. Fuck all that. I am not that. Yeah. I am more than that. Oh my God. Claps for that. I love that analogy. I'm going to use that with my clients. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows where that just came from? Um, So yeah, that, that source is going to be cited in the show notes in a future episode. (laughs) Um, So with everything that's been going on in the world and I, I read a challenging statistic for me and it's that our kids nowadays um, are more isolated more lonely and that like you know the highest rate of suicide um is actually in our young women um man that hurts me and i yeah i want to go back to what you said so much of this work has to do with you know the generation of our parents and and doing our own work to heal those things um what are some what are some things that you know our our younger generation and you know anyone right really like humanity healing like how can we dive in and look and really evaluate our lives and then start the healing process for us so that other generations can evolve beyond us yeah yeah well you know my mom when i told her i had an eating disorder she kind of came to the realization that like she did as well. And I thought that was so beautiful. And she ended up seeing a recovery coach as well and has been working through like her own healing. And I think, you know, if, if we can kind of look at the areas of our life that we're not feeling fulfilled with, and we're having like this deep sadness about whether it's, you know, not feeling worthy, whether it's not like having a job that we love or like we're ending up in empty relationships or we're self-sabotaging all the time you know, really taking the initiative and like asking for support, like support is such a huge thing for, I I feel like for your healing. And I know that, yeah, there are people that can do it on their own, but I'm just a huge proponent of therapy and coaching and counselors and, and really hiring someone that is, has your best interests at heart, that, that really knows the tips and tools and is going to hold you accountable and doing those things and really kind of pushing you out of your comfort zone. Cause we can, I, I believe that we can heal, but I think sometimes we can only do so much healing that that we have to be kind of pulled away from our comfort zone. And sometimes we need somebody else to kind of shove us into that. Um, and so I think, you know, realizing that that the stuff that we see on Instagram, especially like with this generation and like Gen Zers and stuff with TikTok and Instagram and just all of this shit, like it's, it's so empty. <laughs> and, you know, I, I truly love the following that I've, I've built with Instagram, but you know, I, at the end of the day, I have to realize like, it's just a following. And I'm so happy that I, I have a large following because my message is getting out there, but really finding enjoyment in things that aren't kind of this Instagram and social media world and finding enjoyment in the things that I used to do as a kid. And, and then, you know, how, like, how am I going to emulate that on a regular basis? And how, how am I going to continue to have this like more healthy perspective on my life? So when I do have children or when I do talk to my peers that I can be this role model and, and knowing that we can all be role models for each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really taking the accountability and, and having the awareness that something's maybe a little bit off and there needs to be something that you have to fix or have to kind of work through. 
but yeah. like that's hard to just acknowledge that it is yeah for for my tribe we always talk about you know there has to be the awareness and like recognizing and claiming this is where i am and then there has to be the willingness to change right there yeah. has to be those two things and you know that that comes from like the research because i am just a junkie on that but so much of us have the awareness but we're lacking the willingness because we mm -hmm. never give ourselves permission to step out of what we know and what's comfortable to craft a future that could potentially be better that could potentially and yeah. I, literally, I don't even know like an hour ago just had that conversation um and it's just like oh my gosh we really really have to step into that unknown and if you fail then you fail but you've learned along the way yeah. another that's not it and then you just continue the journey right like it's yeah. there's, there's so much fun that you can have behind all of this and that's that's so much of like that journey is enjoying the journey and not like trying to get somewhere because then you're just back in the mindset of like you know you're you're a human doing instead of a human being yeah like the amount of times where when i was 24 i i was a teacher it was what i wanted to do i went to school for it i was a teacher i had a boyfriend it was like going in all the right direction. I sat down and I was like, oh, I'm actually really fucking unhappy. And I was like, I don't want this job. I don't want this boyfriend. I don't want this life. And then I had to be like, okay, well, where am I going to fucking pivot to? And the amount of pivots that I took, I was just spinning in circles <laughs> and realizing that like, just because you go down one path and it doesn't, and, and it fails, doesn't mean that like, you can't go down another path or another one and another one. And the amount of times I had to like redirect kind of where my life was going, it kind of was this like fun little game of like, Hey, that didn't work out like next job. Or, you know, I, I, I kind of had to like sit down and really map out like what I wanted my life to look like and then really figure out what are the steps to get there. And yeah, I mean, I just, I love the gray space. I love the process because if we're always just kind of chasing this end result, like we're going to get there and then we're just going to feel empty because we don't enjoy the like small, small moments alongside of it, like on the sidelines. Yeah. That's, that's so big. Somebody once gave me an analogy about um, like bike riding to the sunset and like how, you know, we think the sunset itself is going to be, you know, mm. the thing, but really it's like the ride there that builds yes. up the anticipation, but the anticipate, like that's it, right? Like that is the experience so that it continues to grow. And then you're finally there only to realize that the sun's going to go down and then you have to ride to go get the sunrise again. Right. And then oh, it's just this that. perpetual cycle of like, I'm not going to chase something. I'm just on this journey and the journey's going to go. Mm. And I can either stick in the mud and say, this is it. I've arrived. Ta-da. Or go with the flow and kind of figure out and maneuver and change and shift and grow as you so choose. Yeah. Oh, I love that analogy. That's beautiful. Well, that's just so nice. So <laughs> starting to wrap up our time here. If you had one piece of advice that you would give our listeners that might be having, you know, a more challenging time um, with, you know, being at home full time, whether they're parents or, you know, they're pivoting their business or trying to find themselves in general or whatever the heck is going on, what would that be? Uh, there's so many things. Um, okay. It's probably going to be two things. Um, I think Finding some type of routine, like a morning routine, morning ritual, I think has been the biggest healing thing for me because it it just allows me to show up for myself every single day. And I find that to be so empowering. And when we can show up for ourselves and we can show up for other people. Um, and I think just like the biggest advice is like, be, start observing your thoughts. Um, I love the book, The Untethered Soul. 
um, because she really talks so good. Reading it yeah. right now. Uh, so good. Just talks about how like we kind of have this roommate in our head and we never take a second to kind of separate ourselves and be an observer to these thoughts. And if we took this thought or this person out of our head and sat it down to next to us for the day, we'd be like, holy fucking shit, this person's so annoying, like never hanging out with you again. And realizing that we don't necessarily have control over the first initial thoughts that come into our brain, but we do have control over what we decide to do with them and the thoughts that come after that. And so learning to become an observer and not be your thoughts. Um, and I always tell my clients, like, watch your thoughts, like watch your thoughts when you're doing certain things, like with certain people, are they, are they really sad and self-deprecating and self-loathing? Or when I'm with a certain person, I feel really joyful and happy and start kind of observing and seeing your thoughts in different scenarios in your life and starting to kind of take the initiative to kind of cut out those things, activities, people, whatever it is that is kind of causing you to be in these like negative kind of thought spiraling. So yeah, those are, those are my two points. That's perfect. I love that so much. So if we want to get a hold of you, where can we go find you? Um, my Instagram is fit, fat, and all that. And then my website is fit, fat, and all that.com. Beautiful, simple, and to the point, guys. As always, those are linked in the show notes. Definitely go give this chick a follow. She has been a hilarious, inspirational, and just a soul sister from the moment we connected. Juju, Julia, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait to have you back. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. This was such a beautiful experience. I'm so excited. Heck yes.